This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants me. You're gonna acknowledge me. Alright everybody, welcome to the WWE Podcast and really awesome show today because we have with us to talk about MMA and WWE, NXT, I mean you name it, we're gonna cover it all today. And that is Jack Claffey, known to you guys of you wrestling fans as the extraordinary gentleman Jack Gallagher and Jack really excited to have you here how's everything going uh everything's going really really well now I'm about two weeks from the end of uh, a fight camp so I'm feeling both incredibly tired and incredibly strong so it's a bit of a strange mix right now physically <laughs> that, yeah and for those that don't know I mean let's just jump right into your fight as you mentioned it here you're you're uh two weeks out of your fight camp and and I have to ask you know um as you prepare for your fight, which, by the way, guys, uh, this fight is taking place um, in BKFC, which is Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship, for those that don't know. You're fighting Brandon Malo Lambert, who is one of the most disliked men in BKFC that I've ever seen. And one just kind of as a general human being. I mean, it, whether it's genuine or not, I guess as the pro wrestling mind, I'm thinking, oh, this is a work. I don't know. I don't care. Either way, I, I do want to see you beat him to a pulp. But as you get ready for this fight, and, and, and I'll talk about him in a minute, but how do you you said you feel really good. Uh, what kind of conditioning and, and strength training are you doing? Is it is it more than you expected going transitioning from kind of pro wrestling into this, or how does that how is that all feeling for you? It's less the uh, strength and conditioning being more or uh, less than what I expected. It's a lot of technical work. Um, in you know at the certain point in professional wrestling, I uh, I'm you know I'm not to toot my own horn, but I'm a very good professional wrestler. Um, so I wasn't necessarily doing a huge amount of like technical practice, like direct technical practice for professional wrestling. Whereas now that I'm moving into bare knuckle boxing right now, it is a lot of just reps upon reps upon reps of, of, you know, patterns and repetitions of very simple techniques, just trying to refine like small things. So it's less on the strength and conditioning side and more on the general training side. It's like going back to school all over again and, you know, have to learn your P's and Q's and just kind of check all those balances and do all that annoying, boring stuff that takes up the most of the time. That's honestly the thing that's like tiring me out the most. It's a lot of um, mental exhaustion, just kind of, you know, trying to do the right thing, always trying to train in the correct way because turning up in half, you know, half heartedly doing anything at the gym is not going to be doing any work. And as far as nutrition goes, I mean, I'm sure that you are, as you had a, a nice career in professional wrestling, you, you kind of know what you should and shouldn't be eating. How How is the nutrition side of things going? The nutrition side of things going well. I get to be a little lighter now. Like I was never obviously the largest person in the world, um, particularly, you know, when you compare it to some people on the WWE roster, you know, I was was a bit of a scrap of food in comparison to them but you know i had to eat quite a, a large bulk of food as as a wrestler to even just maintain that pasty pale form that you saw before you on wwe i, I can kind of not have to bulk feed my you know i don't feel like i'm a, a cow grazing constantly on food which is nice 
Um, and I, it's, you know, it's less about choosing the unhealthy and healthy, healthy foods right now and more like a portion control thing because I'm trying to fit into a, a specific type of athletic body. I'm probably about 15 pounds to 20 pounds lighter now than when I was in WWE. Wow. Wow. That's, I mean, when you think about it proportionally, since you weren't big to begin with, that's a percentage wise, that's pretty significant. So, um, which I, I know is obviously very important when you're in MMA and not professional wrestling. So my question, I guess, is a, a kind of a high level looking at it from a perspective of transitioning from pro wrestling into MMA. What are some of the biggest differences you notice? I mean, beyond the fact that we have somebody who's actually trying to injure you, trying to take you down, which is the most obvious. But I, I guess when since you've had two fights and you're, you've been successful in both, congratulations, you're 2-0 and in BKFC. So that's awesome. And I'd recommend everybody go check out those two fights in BKFC. It's, it's available. Uh, I know on YouTube anyway, you can definitely check it out among other places. But how did you feel getting into the octagon versus a professional wrestling ring, looking across from the, your opponent thinking, okay, they're not here to work with me. Like they're trying to work against me. I mean, the mentality of that must be much different. It is. Uh, and I'm sorry to be the stickler for points here. Um, my uh, record that you alluded to is an amateur MMA record. I actually fought uh, two MMA fights prior to signing with WWE. So I was actually uh, wrestling professionally and pursuing MMA mm. Up until about 2016, when I entered the Cruiserweight Classic with WWE. So I already had a little bit of background experience. This will actually be my debut in bare-knuckle boxing. So it's a debut in a different combat sport. But yes, it is a very similar environment in that extent. It is a combat sport where very obviously the person across the ring from me, across the cage from me, whoever it might be, doesn't want me to win. You know, that that is their main goal, is to make sure that they are in fact winning and doing some harm upon me and in terms of the difference of um, mentality i guess it's a it's a much more focused one in combat sports obviously you i'm trying to focus solely upon myself upon my opponent and my coaches you know and I'm, I'm taking in what the referee is saying if the referee happens to be talking at that time when it came to wrestling and the performance of wrestling i'm listening to everything particularly when you have a quiet crowd you know because you're trying to pick out the one or two voices who are going to give you that little bit of positive feedback you know the fans who are cheering or who are chanting in such a way that you're like okay i want to encourage that so when you're wrestling well at least for me i constantly had this radar out of trying to gauge what the crowd was feeling Whereas when I'm competing, the crowd is completely shut out of my mind. You know, I am there to perform. I'm there to give people a good fight, but I'm not going to change what I am doing based upon their reaction. Unlike, obviously, in professional wrestling, where it's a case of, oh, you liked that? Well, I'll give you a little bit more of that, maybe. And then you'll come along this journey while I'm telling you this story. Mm -hmm. That that is no, that, and that's exactly the kind of in introspection I was looking for is just transitioning from one to the other here. While there are a lot of similarities, listening to the audience, I'm sure you had to kind of maybe unwire your brain a little bit when it came to that. And like you said, maybe have a little bit of tunnel vision only on your opponent and, and, you know, trying to utilize the training that you have undergone for weeks or months in advance of that. So, um, so kind of transitioning into the, your, your opponent here. Now, uh, this is taking place. This, this fight is taking place on May 6th and it's against Brandon Malo Lambert. And, 
I saw during a um, an interview similar to this one, although it was on video, that you were doing with another uh, podcast that this individual who was on there with you called you out and he said uh, uh, to some effect that he this was going to be the bloodiest uh, MMA fight in BKFC. I mean, something to that effect that basically he's going to he's going to um, beat you into a bloody pulp. And I, I'm thinking and you're just sitting there calmly and I'm thinking to myself, I can't wait to see these two now. Like, I need to see this. So how are you? I don't, I'm not trying to ask you to give away your strategy, of course, but um, did that add a little bit of extra fuel to your fire? of training a little bit harder like how did that all affect you when uh when that was going on it's funny actually because um earlier in that interview brandon had mentioned his other um bkfc fight that he had previously just about i think it was about 15 months ago so he, he took a little bit of a gap because he had quite a few fallouts in fights and he said that in his previous fight which he, he had lost to in fact to someone who is the weight class below us he said that he had 40 pounds to cut in a very limited amount of time and that not only that, on the way to the ring, he slipped and hurt his knee. And he was very earnest in saying this as well. And he said that the one performance that he had so far would not be a reflection. And I felt like the bravado that you heard of him saying that this will be the bloodiest fight that BKFC has ever seen, which if you are familiar with BKFC, that's saying a lot to say that this one is going to be the bloodiest fight of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he was I think more he's trying to puff himself up. It didn't need to fuel me. You know, as you said, if you watch the video, I'm smiling. I'm, I'm enjoying myself. I'm, you know, I'm here to enjoy a good scrap. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not here. I'm not here for maliciousness. I'm just kind of enjoying myself but i have been training not with the brandon that turned up 15 months ago in mind i have been training under the assumption that he would get hurt and that they would plug someone in significantly better than him so the fact that i am fighting brandon lambert even if it is his best day even if it is the best fight of his entire life i'm very well prepared for him so him saying that he came in injured and that this time he's you know going to unleash the beast and it's going to be like the purge essentially that doesn't bother me that's kind of what i was planning for i'm planning for a monster to be in the ring so because you're, you're certainly not you underestimating know, his ability is yeah i am i am not underestimating his ability i am training as if i have to fight a world champion in a few weeks that's well that's very smart on your part for sure but my question my last question on at least on uh, brandon lambert for you is his quote saying that he, if you beat him, he's going to retire and go away. So do you believe that, that I guess we'll be optimistic here and say, when you beat him, uh, do you believe him? Or do you think that that's just more smack talk from him? I believe it has started out as smack talk. And it's funny. It is very funny as well, because that is the whole reason we are having this fight. I wasn't bothered about Brandon. He tried to say some stuff to annoy me and water off a duck's back for me. But when he announced that if I lose to Jack Claffey, I will retire, I got flooded with messages from BKFC fans, from other BKFC fighters who were saying, you have to take this fight. You have to retire this guy. Like we will, we will. I think the BKFC community won't let Brandon come back if he loses this fight. So I sincerely hope that on May 6th in Orlando, Florida, 
He turns up in the best shape of his career. I hope he didn't have much weight to cut. He says he's on. He says he's good right for now for weight. I hope he doesn't trip on anything on the way to the ring. I hope he doesn't stub his toe. I hope his corner gets the right water for him. I hope all those excuses go out the window and he has the performance of his life so that on May 7th, when I host his retirement party, he'll feel fulfilled. I love it. I feel like I'm listening to a promo, but this is for real. I love this. Um, so... Where can we watch this? For those that haven't seen this before, what streaming service or what 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 platform? How can we watch this fight? Yes, it's um, BKFC can be found on Fight TV, and also BKFC has a app. I believe it is Bare Knuckle TV app. Um, hopefully, within the next few days, I'll have a link for everyone to download the app who would like to on my Instagram. And for all of those, obviously in Orlando and in Florida, I've got some links up for the tickets. So if you're local, try and get some tickets, come cheer me, come buy a T-shirt, come have a beer, have a good time. Um, and for those that don't, yeah, I'll be making the app available through my Instagram uh, as soon as possible. So keep an eye out on that and give me a follow while you're at it. Absolutely. And so as we transition here in the last uh, remaining couple of minutes or so, I, I have to ask about, you know, of course, professional wrestling. And, and I know we're going backwards a bit, but those that have followed you are, you, I mean, you're, you're best known for NXT. I mean, you had a, a good run there. A lot of uh, feuds that are memorable. Brian Kendrick comes to mind. Um, so I, I guess off the top here, if you could go back or, or rather when you look back, what are some of your favorite moments? Some of them that made you, you look back and you say, you know what? Yes, I was let go by the company in, in 2020. But you look back and you say, man, that, you know, that was, that was a really cool moment. Do you have some of those? I do. A lot of them are kind of smaller personal moments, if that makes sense. Like the, a lot of the things that potentially happen in the ring, you know, the, I've had a lot of good matches, I believe. Um, just off the top of my head, I'm really glad I got to wrestle Neville, um, obviously Pack now, because um, we never got the chance. We never even met in England. We had to meet each other in America, which was it's kind of strange to think about the two British wrestlers had to meet in America. Um, wrestling Neville was, was a joy. I think that he was one of the first people um, I actually had wrestled in a few years where I was like, oh, this this guy is this guy is making me bring my game up a little bit here. Like he's pushing me a bit. Um, and that's no offense to anyone else I'd wrestled. It was just uh, he is a he's a step above. I really do believe Pac is a step above of a lot of performers. Um, wrestling Chad Gable as well. Uh, wrestling uh, the two times I wrestled Chad actually I believe were very good matches. Wrestling uh, Mustafa Ali, we had a quite a good match in a cruiserweight tournament in the lead up to WrestleMania where he faced Cedric Alexander. Um, and obviously, yeah, you mentioned Brian Kendrick. We had a couple, uh, we had a couple interesting interactions with Brian Kendrick. But one of the ones I, I really remember was uh, myself and Brian were having a street fight, and it was the week before I was going to get married. And I just kept saying to everyone, like, well, as long as he doesn't, you know, bruise my face, we'll be fine. You know, as long as I don't get hit in the face with a chair, you know, there's no headshots, obviously, in mm -hmm. WWE now with regards to weapons. So I thought, oh, I'll be I'll be OK. We'll get through this one. I'll get I'll have a week off. I'll get married and then I'll be back at work. And then naturally, of course, I get thrown into the steel steps and one of the one of the like rivets on the steps, because, you know, like the steps aren't completely flat. They're almost yeah. textured with rivets on them. One of those um, embeds itself into my forehead and I think, oh, that really stung. And I, I grabbed my head 
and I checked it and I thought, okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. I looked at my hand, I thought, all right, that wasn't that bad. And then I looked down at the ground and there was a small puddle of blood forming underneath me. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, that's my blood, isn't it? And I'm just pouring blood on the ground because it's cut me in just that perfect place on the forehead, mm-hmm. you know, it's just that's just bleeding. So I'm looking down. I'm wearing I'm wearing a suit to wrestle in at this time as well. So these cream pants I have are slowly turning pink and red underneath <laughs> me. And I'm just think my first thought upon seeing this pool of blood underneath me and my you know everything was, oh god, I hope they don't stop the match. Because I was thinking it's going to be a really good match, myself and Brian. We had a we had a good setup. We had some st- interesting stuff planned. And I'm just looking down at this pool of blood, thinking, "Oh, they're gonna stop this match." And the doctor started sewing me up at ringside, and he's mainly checking that I'm not concussed. So as he's sewing me up, he's like, "Okay, what date is it? Where are you? Do you know what what you're doing?" And I'm having a very frank, I come talking to you, a very frank conversation of, "Yeah, it's." I believe it was a Tuesday. We're at so-and-so arena. You know, I'm wrestling Brian, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, yep, you're good to go. Rolled me back in the ring and the rest of the match kind of happened. It didn't happen. Uh, it was a bit more of a truncated version of the match, I will say. But I remember that being quite memorable. Yeah, that was that was definitely one of those interesting moments in my wrestling career where I was just kind of looking down at this. It was one of the times I had, I'd bled in a match before, but I'd never bled that significantly. Um looking down and seeing that pool of blood and just my first thought being like, Oh no, this is going to ruin the match for me. And you were getting married. You said the next week. So I was getting married the next week. It was. So the very fortunate part for me is that the cut was in my hairline. I was just going to ask so, the pictures. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> when they stitched me up, I had stitch. I think I still had stitches when I was married or well, they might've taken them out a few days before, but yeah, I have a, I have a little bit of patch at right at the front of my head now where uh, hair doesn't grow so so, so consistently um <laughs> thanks to Mr. Kendrick but now my my wife was uh my wife wasn't best pleased but when I told her that I was fine and that wasn't really that it was more of a superficial wound and that everything was going to be okay for the next week she calmed down frankly but um <laughs> because it had taken me so much time from getting to the ring to getting to the doctors backstage um I just hadn't gotten to my phone so my wife, by the time I got to my phone, my wife had been messaging me, tell me you're okay, tell me you're okay, tell me mm-hmm. you're okay. Because the last thing she had seen was uh, an equivalent to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre happening to a soon-to-be husband. <laughs> now, I, I, it's really cool that she was cool about it afterwards, of course. I mean, and understandably, of course, it's Murphy's Law, right? Like, you know that when if something can go wrong in a, in a really bad spot, and the one thing that shouldn't happen is going to happen. And um, the where where you got hit sounds like it was like the perfect place. If you were going to get hit, it wasn't just like flat on the forehead. It was at the hairline. And if you know that, I guess is the silver lining, no pun intended, about where you got hit. So, um, so I guess uh, with, with just a few moments left here, I, I have to ask. I know you've been out of pro wrestling a couple of years now, but uh, if there is and, and is somebody on the WWE and or AEW or Ring of Honor, any any roster is available to you that you could have worked with or would love to at some point, if possible, in, in a future scenario. Do you have a couple of names that you're like, man, I would love to work with this person? I do. And honestly, like I, I think everyone sort of has those. I'd love to work with this person and do that thing. Um for me, though, it's more I'd love to do a story or a particular run with certain people, not necessarily just getting the matches out there. I think the 
the storytelling between matches, you know, the the things you can do outside, the things you can do on the microphone with people is just as interesting. But if I was going to do anything again in professional wrestling, I, I kind of assumed once I was signed to WWE that once WWE was over, I would be done with professional wrestling because I I kind of felt that this was going to be a peak or a pinnacle and I could get a good overview of how far I could get in the wrestling business. And at that time, I was starting to feel burnt out as well. And if you'd have asked me maybe a year ago, I would have said, it doesn't matter who you name, like no one can get me into a professional, no one's going to get me into tights and in a professional wrestling ring again. Mm -hmm. However, if by some miracle, by some chance, every former member of 205 Live, the cruiserweight division of the modern era of professional wrestling, if every member of those is contacted to perform a 205 Live reunion show, you can count me in. Oh, all right. Well, say in the never say never business, man. I mean, I, as fans, we hear it all the time. And, you know, it, who knows what the future holds? I know that I, I know we would love to see it. I think that 205 Live was a, an extremely underutilized roster. I mean, it was it, 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 it there was so much talent on that roster. And we looked at it and said, why aren't they doing much with this? It didn't have a whole lot of stories. You just said it was just kind of like some excellent athletes that you know have a lot underneath the surface that were only getting surface level stuff. And I think that there was a lot more to it. And so put it out there. I guess you heard it here first that if they ever did a 205 Live reunion, that uh, Jack Gallagher is is in. And um, so a couple final questions. Number one. Are, are promos as scripted as everybody says? I mean, you hear so much. Fans hear about it, and, and you know, we only know so much as we're on the outside looking in. But are promos as scripted as they they are? Like, you, you get handed a sheet of paper. Is that really th- how it happens? It is and it isn't. It depends on who you are. It really does. Um, and it depends on the – it depends on a lot of stuff, actually. It depends on the agent and producer you're working with that day, and it depends on the writers you're going to be working with that day. So – for instance, uh, myself, I would be handed a sheet of paper, but I'm quite fortunate in that um, being a British person, I can just say, well, that, I wouldn't say that. That doesn't sound like an English. Like, it, just, it sounds American. Can I rewrite this and make it sound British, for instance? Or, you know, kind of play up to the stereotype a little bit. And they'd be very, for the most part, they'd be very open for me kind of messing around with the formula a little bit. For some other people... You'll receive, you know, a script that is, you know, a word for word script. And the thing you never, ever, ever want to see in a, in a promo that you're given to you is something that is highlighted or underlined, because that specifically is said you cannot change the wording on this. This very specific line must make it into a promo. Now, I've had it where one line of the promo has been highlighted and i've thought okay i can that's not too difficult i can fit that in quite naturally and i have seen other people's promos which is a page of highlighted things not a word of which they can change and they have to remember it the datum as well Mm -hmm. so i was never in that unfortunate situation i will say actually my favorite my favorite um kind of silly promo thing that i got away with was i um was we're in new york we're in there my uh in madison square i think we're in madison square garden um oh yeah we were we were because i was saying we had i had a a promo and it was just a what we call a walk and talk basically you you know well it sounds like what it is you walk out on the stage from gorilla position and you talk on your way to the ring pretty standard thing to do 
and they just had a pretty generic like you know if you're the audience member and you don't know what the story is i'm kind of explaining what the story is as i'm cutting this promo onto the way to the ring and i thought it was a little bit bland because it was just serviceable it was uh very utilitarian Mm -hmm. so i asked the writer um and at the time we had some very good writers on 205 live um chad and zach who just were happy to let us be creative and i said well we're in new york so can i can i like allude to where we are to get the fans a bit more on my side and as chad's looking at me he goes um we've done a lot of like plugging madison square garden on smackdown and raw over the last few days i don't want to over overdo it oh and i said oh no 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 that's not what i want to do i said i want to come out and just kind of start freestyle rapping notorious big but pretend it's a poem you know so i want to come out and say twas all a dream mm-hmm. used to read word up magazine salt and pepper heavy d up in the limousine and pretend that's what i'm going to do for the whole promo and then just in the middle go oh no 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 that's not what i meant to say and then do the other promo and the writer looked at me and said you can absolutely do that that is not a problem <laughs> that is great i love that no and in customizing any city you're in is, I mean, as I'm sure you don't need to tell you, but customizing your promo to the city you're in, whether it's for or against, I mean, you hear all the time about if they're, a, if they're a heel, you hear about them hitting on the sports team, how they lose all the time, they never have championships, but you can customize it uh, in the other, in the opposite direction. And that is a, that's a cool story. So final question to you, uh, how, or as far as your future, what is next for Jack Laffey? Do you foresee yourself in MMA for, I mean, the near future? What would you like when you look back? What would you like your career, either professional wrestling, MMA? What What would you like this to be in totality? What's next? I think next is I'm going to see what life as a martial artist is like for myself. I think for a long time, I've had uh, an interest ever since I was a kid in in martial arts, you know, from watching cartoons as a kid to kung fu films. You know, I was always into traditional martial arts and then seeing things like MMA really excited me. But I I always saw the comparison between, uh, you know, martial arts as well and martial art films and performance and professional wrestling. And I've got to pursue professional wrestling for you know a good number of years you know as a professional wrestler for 15 years of my life you know i was um wrestling on shows since the age of 16 and i think at this point in my life i'm just wanting to see the martial arts side i'm just going to explore that side of myself so i'm contracted for three fights to bkfc so once we're done with brandon we have two more fights that we're definitely going to get going in that bare knuckle ring and then after that, it might be continuing to pursue bare knuckle boxing. Right now, there is not a champion of the featherweight weight class, the weight class in which I'm currently competing. So I am keeping my eye open on that. But it's also written into my contract that I could pursue other combat sports. I could pursue MMA here in England. I could go back into jujitsu. I could do competitive judo. I've jokingly said I'll go to Myanmar and do bare knuckle kickboxing, doing Lethway. I think I want to taste a little bit of everything. I'm kind of um I'm kind of sat at a restaurant and I'm looking at a menu of like, oh I can I can do this sport now. I can do that sport now. I can do that sport now. And I think the only thing that's going to limit me is, you know, the potential amount of time that I'm willing to sink into these things to get good at them and perform with them well. So 
the next few years for me, I am hoping, is going to be the traveling martial artist from Britain. I'm a bit of a gypsy pirate, I guess, to a certain extent <laughs> at this point in my life, living on my boat with my dogs and my wife. And um, yeah, I think that's going to be the next stage. We're going to have a little bit of an adventure tussling around the world. That sounds so awesome. I mean, I, I have to say, I mean, just because maybe it's just selfishly because I have I, I, right now I am uh, basically a prisoner. And I mean that in a very respectful way with my kids at home and I have my wife and it, it's kind of a very quote unquote traditional life. And um, to be able to have that freedom, to be able to to be able to just explore those different avenues. And like you said, reading a menu when you're at a restaurant and being able to just kind of a la carte things and and choose what what you what's interesting to you. And maybe if one of those grabs you deep enough, you will just totally tunnel vision focus on that particular um that particular item and um so lastly i want to say thank you for coming on here and everybody that is interested in checking out the fight i would really recommend it check out jack claffey's uh, instagram page you said you're going to be posting the link to the fight on your instagram page right for any of the information where not just tickets but like the platforms in which we can watch the the fight Absolutely. Yeah. Just keep checking my Instagram. I'm updating it uh, very regularly on my stories as well as my posts. You can buy tickets. Uh, the link for the BK app is going to be up there soon. And as well, if you do have access to Fight TV, I believe you'll be able to watch BKFC through that as well. But yeah, just uh, Instagram is Mr. Gentleman Jack and just give us a follow. Absolutely. And guys, May 6th is the fight. And I think we can all say collectively, go kick his ass please. So, uh, Jack, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Uh, congratulations on all your accomplishments and, and best of luck to you on May 6th. Thank you so much, sir. Thank right. you for having me on. Thank you. Good night. Thanks for listening to the WWE podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.